So, uh, would you get your Bibles out? We have had a wonderful Christmas season as we looked at the series this Christmas called This Christmas. And on December the 5th, we talked about getting out of the box, um, letting God out of the box, uh, letting God out of the box of your heart to shine on other people. And we looked at the old covenant. The box was the Ark of the Covenant. And salvation did not come from inside the box. It came from out of the box. When Jesus came, can I get an amen? amen? Last week, we discussed enjoying the present. If you got help from that, I know some of you texted and sent messages this week. If you were helped and encouraged by the message last week, enjoying the present, I sure was encouraged myself. And um, we're just talking about the present I used the illustration from my, one of my favorite Christmas movies, A Christmas Carol, uh, performed by the Muppets. And, uh, yeah, the ghost of Christmas past will do nothing but haunt you with guilt and shame. The ghost of Christmas future will only get you worried and, anx and anxious about things that may never happen. But the Holy Ghost of Christmas present will always point you to the great I am. Why is he the great I am? Because he's an ever-available, abundant present in our time of trouble and need. He's always present. He's always uh, just a, a heartbeat away living on the inside of us. That's why he's the great I am. This morning we're going to look at uh, this Christmas. We need to unwrap, untangle, and uncover. See all those gifts under the tree? They're beautiful. Uh, I like the way that they look under the tree, but I like ripping up and unwrapping and uh, uncovering so that I can find out what's on the inside of those gifts, amen? Yeah, I mean, we can leave the Christmas presents under the tree all year long, but if we don't unwrap, uncover, and untangle the lights, then we can't enjoy them. Uh, go with me to John's gospel. John uniquely tells the Christmas story as he uh, parallels uh, Genesis. And what do I mean by that? Because he starts out John 1.1 the same way that Genesis 1.1 starts out in the beginning. And he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jump down to verses 16 and 17 of John, the first chapter. I apologize that our stable is uh, blocking the screen, um, but it was beautiful, and for one Sunday it won't hurt us. Hopefully you have a digital copy or a written copy or you can look off of someone beside you as I read from John 1, 16 and 17. For out of his fullness, the Amplified says, the superabundance of his grace and truth, we have all. Somebody say all. all. Who has received? Does that mean anybody that's out there, no matter what color of skin they have, no matter what socioeconomic background they have, no matter what they identify as, does all mean all? I don't mean to step on toes this morning. I believe that God created man and woman. Uh, but he, no matter what people are struggling with in their sexuality or their identity uh, or their race or where they grew up or their pedigree, all means all, for we have all, <laughs> that's incredibly good news this morning, that we have all received grace upon grace. That means spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, favor upon favor, and gift heaped upon gift. Does anybody like that? 
I mean, it's a grace that keeps on giving. It's a gift that keeps on giving. It's a favor that never runs out. And it's heaped up on us. I'm thankful for saving grace this morning. But there's a whole lot more to grace than just salvation. Grace for salvation is the access point. That's just the beginning of the trip. Verse 17 says, For the law, that's what we talked about that was in the box, was given from Moses or through Moses, but grace, that's the unearned, undeserved favor and mercy of God, and truth come from the Son, Jesus Christ. Folks, if Jesus had not come, we would still be under a law that we couldn't keep, trying to live out of a box to keep rules that would only lead to exhaustion and frustration, which is still causing many people to quit, to give up, to not even begin the journey because it's too difficult. But I can raise my hand and testify this morning that because of Christmas season, I have received grace upon grace, favor upon favor, gift upon gift, spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing. It's a gift that never runs out. I want to unwrap it. I don't want to unwrap it just at Christmas time. I want to keep unwrapping the knowledge of the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, as Peter said. Grace. There's nothing like it. Let me rephrase that. There's nothing, nothing like Him. It's a, he is and it is essential and powerful. He's a true gift from the Father. And when we choose to believe on Him, then we begin to operate out of God's grace in our lives, and the baby changes everything. <laughs> that was my mom's favorite Christmas song that Jennifer sang this morning, A Baby Changes Everything. But I'm thankful that the baby didn't stay in the cradle, that he grew up and he lived a sinless life, and the baby became a man that went to the cross. Thank God for the cross, because at the cross, the blood of Jesus was shed, and that blood has cleansed me from all of my sins, past, present, and future sins. Grace transcends our perception of reality. It shines through us when we are weak. It helps us to see God's good nature fully and shows us how to respond to other people that we come in contact with. If we could unwrap anything this Christmas, could we begin to unwrap that the same grace that we have been given is the same grace that we give out? The scripture says, freely you have received, freely you should give. I don't believe uh, in... Um, Grace that is uh, just you choose who you give grace to. Because see, grace is undeserved. I didn't deserve it, and I didn't earn it, and the people that I should give it to don't deserve it and shouldn't have to earn it. So let the grace of God that has saved us transcend your perception of reality. Allow it to shine through you even when you are weak. Let it help you see God's goodness and then let it, show, let it be shown in response even when people treat you wrong because the scripture tells us do not repay evil for evil. It is very easy to do that. It's almost second nature for most of us to repay evil for evil. Can I tell you that that's old covenant? 
that eye for an eye, that tooth for a tooth, somebody done me wrong song, so I'm going to do somebody else wrong, is not the gospel of grace. Now listen, I'm not telling you to let people run over top of you. Sometimes grace is just not killing people. (laughs) But telling them the truth in love and being honest with them and cutting off uh, relationships that are toxic. Uh, I can show you grace from a distance if you've treated me and it's toxic for me to be around you. I can separate myself from that, treat you with love and kindness, but say, listen, this has got to stop because it's just causing me nothing but hell on earth. And I'm not going to live in hell on earth. I'm going to live in heaven on my way to heaven. (laughs) Uh, It's more than grace that saves us. It's a gift that changes us. It empowers us. It sustains us. Let me say, He sustains us. He empowers us. And He keeps us. I don't have, there's not a law that I have to keep anymore. I have a grace that keeps me. There is more scripture found in the new covenant about what He does to keep us than what we should do to keep what we've received from Him. I'm unwrapping grace to you this morning. His grace is sufficient. As we unwrap this thought and we begin to understand that grace is not an idea, it's not a philosophy, it's not even a doctrine. Grace is the person of Jesus Christ. Go to Romans the 8th chapter, verse 19. Because I believe as we unwrap grace, then God wants to unwrap us. Thank you. And as God unwraps us, then I believe that Romans, the 8th chapter, verse 19, becomes a reality. And it says that the entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling or the unwrapping of God's glorious sons and daughters. Would you... Take your hand and place it over your heart and say, I am a son. Or if you're a lady, you can say, I'm a daughter. The earth, the universe is groaning for us to be unwrapped. We can't be unwrapped and shine until we have unwrapped and continue to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus is a mirror that reflected the Father, and now the Scripture is a mirror as we look in and see Jesus, that we begin to see who we are, and we reflect Him to the earth. I like the way that Michael Todd puts it. We represent a good, good Father and a beautiful Savior to humanity. Not only do we need to unwrap this Christmas, we need to untangle. We need to untangle the light of the world. Man, if you put your Christmas, (laughs) if you're like me and you put your Christmas decorations up, when you take the lights off the tree, I take them around my arm and I just wrap them up around my arm and I throw them in the box. Frank's shaking his head at me like, you idiot. Yeah. Because next year when I get that box off of the shelf and I take the lights out, I have to untangle them. I'll have 
lights strung out in the living room or out on the porch trying to untangle them because they're a jumbled up mess. And here's what happens. Do you know that when one bulb goes out, they all go out? She's got her hand up. Yeah. And so if I can't find it in that jumbled up mess, I've got to untangle them all and stretch it out so I can find that one light that's out to replace that one light so that we all can shine brightly. The word untangle means to make something easy or easier to understand. I believe that God has given Lisa and I a mandate to help untangle the light of the world. To untangle the jumbled up mess that has been called Christianity and religion in our culture. Because people have made it too difficult. Their life, their lives are all tangled up and messed up. There's nothing but confusion and that leads to frustration. And then that frustration leads to guilt. And then that guilt leads to shame. Then that shame leads to, I can't do it anymore. I quit. I'm not going to serve God. I'm not going to go to church. I'm not even going to pray anymore because it's not worth it. But I'm here to tell you this morning that in John, the first chapter, verse 4, Jesus declared, or John declared that in Jesus, in Him was life and light, and that life was the light to men. It goes on in John, the 12th chapter, verse 46, Jesus Himself declares, I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide or walk in darkness. Do you know that that was prophesied? Darkness is gloom, evil, ignorance of divine truth, the absence of light on spiritual things, a lack of spiritual discernment or perception. Darkness basically describes metaphorically Everything on earth that is in with enmity, enmity with God that would cause you not to see the light. But Isaiah saw over 500 years before Jesus was born, he prophesied that the people who have walked in darkness, come on somebody, have seen a great light. He did not say 500 years before Jesus was born that they shall see a great light. He says they have seen a great light. He was prophesying in the present tense that when Jesus showed up, that he would untangle your darkness. I'm preaching. And when you would had seen the light, that you would no longer walk in darkness. Because in him, he is light and the light of the world. And in him, there is absolutely no darkness. So let's break this down so that we can untangle what has been happening in our churches uh, around the world. Go with me to Genesis, the first chapter, as we lay some groundwork here for untangling the light. Are we doing all right? Yeah, we're doing good. Genesis 1, verse 2. The earth was out without form, and it was void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Can I stop right there and tell you that that is the same terminology, that the Spirit of God hovered over the darkness is the same terminology that Gabriel used when he said that the Holy Spirit shall come upon you and you will conceive. When he hovered over the darkness of the earth, he began to brood and something began to happen. 
When he brooded over Mary and the Holy Spirit came upon Mary, he planted a seed within Mary and that seed germinated and that she carried that seed. And then that seed, can I tell you something this morning? Just like Mary, you've got a king inside of you. Hmm. Wow. And the Spirit was hovering over the darkness, over the waters. And then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Listen. I have come in contact with, and I know you have too, that there are a lot of people that are without form, no structure. They're void, empty. They have no um, direction. Why do they not have any direction? Because they can't see where they're going because they're in darkness. The condition of our lives without Jesus if you're a believer, it was, and if you're without Jesus now, it is formless, without structure and order. It's void, it's empty. Let's look at three quick things. Formless, it means without clear structure or order. It means conforming instead of being transformed. Light came, and that which was formless began to have structure. That which was blank and completely empty. When light came and it began to untangle, that void and emptiness began to be filled with the life and light of God. Darkness metaphorically describes, like I said, spiritual blindness and ignorance. And when the light came, that darkness was dispelled. You who were once in darkness have seen a great light. Paul says in Ephesians 5, So now that you are the light of the world, walk as children of light. You don't walk to become the children of light. You have received the light. Now you walk in the light as He is in the light. You have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus is continually cleansing you from all of your sins. And then you walk as children of the light, proclaiming light to everyone that is in darkness. Many are standing in the pulpits across America today and they are declaring the darkness of the world and how bad it is and how bad it's going to get and how bad it has to get for some eschatological event to take place. But I stand in the pulpit this morning and I declare the light of the world has come and in Him there is no darkness and it's getting better, not worse. Turn off the news. The light that He is shines in darkness and it cannot be extinguished. The darkness that's in the world cannot overcome the light that is in you. Wherever you go, as the light of the world, the darkness is dispelled. And you leave your residue of the kingdom behind. Man, we need to unwrap the grace and the gift of God. We need to untangle the light of the world and we need to uncover His incarnation. Go back to John, the first chapter with me, and let's look at verses 13 and 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made. We're talking about Jesus. Jesus did not begin to exist when He was birthed. Uh, by Mary in that cave, stable, or room, whatever you think it might have been. 
on uh, probably not December 25th, more likely in August sometime. He, his existence, he was before time. Mm. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The word incarnation in Latin means to take on or to be made flesh. That which was God, deity, took on flesh. God became man so that man could become like God. How were you created? In the likeness of your father. He said, let us make man in our image. You were not, hold on to the side of your chair and put your seatbelt on. You are not created after Adam. Adam is dead. And there's only one man. Can I tell you that when Jesus said, (laughs) this is fresh, it's not in my notes. That when Jesus said, there will be two men in bed. Now if, if I see two men in bed... So not one going or the other going, but he does say that one shall be taken and one shall be left behind and has nothing to do with their sexuality. Bed means rest. It's a picture and metaphor of rest. Two men were in rest and in bed. One of them was Adam. Adam died. There's only one man left in bed where you can find your rest. His name is Jesus Christ. It has nothing to do with about an eschatological event. At the end. You've got your timeline in the wrong place. He has come, He is coming, and He is here right now. He's always been coming. He has always been showing up. And so when Adam died, Romans 7 says, it gave you the right to be married to another. His name is Jesus. Romans 7 has nothing to do with divorce. It has everything to do with Adam being dead and Christ being left behind so that you can be married to Christ who is God in the flesh. Hmm. It's a mystery, but it's a necessity. It's a miracle how He came from heaven, but it was needed. The message that He brought was a message of hope and peace and joy and good tidings of great joy. And He says it again here like He said it over in John for all people. His birth was inclusive His death was inclusive. His resurrection was inclusive. And His sitting on the throne in power, ruling, and reigning is inclusive. What do I mean? We were included in His birth. We were included in His death. His death was our death. He got up, I got up. When He ascended, I ascended. He included me in that. Listen, man, Jesus is in a category all by Himself. There has never been one incarnated before Him. There will be another, never another incarnated after Him. Jesus is in a category all by Himself. There is salvation in, in, in no other. The purpose of His incarnation was to reveal God the Father as good. To redeem mankind from sin. You once were dead in sins and trespasses, but now you are under grace. You can't go back. He came to restore us to the garden. And He came to destroy the works of the devil, which He has done. He, is not, he has no more enemies. 
Death was swallowed up. Death was the final enemy. I mean, if you see a Facebook post, you see a video on YouTube, you see anybody tweeting or tumbling or TikToking or whatever they do, and they say that Jesus is coming back to fight another battle, false, fake news. He has no enemies. He has defeated all of his enemies. Why? Because he destroyed the works of the devil. The devil has no power and he's not going to win any of the battles that he's trying to fight. He's trying to pick fights with us. But listen, the battle belongs to the Lord and he's already won it. We walk in victory. Zephaniah 3.17 Victory after victory he declares over you, dancing and singing over you, son and daughter of God. The ringing promise that permeates the gospel is Emmanuel, God with us. But Jesus went a step further and He said, I am with you, but I shall be in you. And He breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Ghost. And on the day of Pentecost, He poured out that which He had prophesied in Joel 22 and He's never stopped pouring it out. His Spirit is in you. I tried to find the Greek or Latin phrase that would say, not just Emmanuel, God with us. I'm thankful for that. He's here today because you brought him with us. Emmanuel, praise God. But whatever the Greek or Latin phrase would be that God is in us, I want to learn that phrase because he's not just with us, he's in us. Whoa. Let's shoot, preach myself happy. If we had any instruments up here, this would be the time that I'd say come to the music. But John, the first chapter, verse 14. I'm going to wrap it up in the message version of the Bible. Listen to this. (laughs) We've unwrapped, we've untangled, and we've uncovered. But the message Bible says it uniquely, and I like the way that Eugene Patterson says this. The Word became flesh. Not just flesh, but flesh and blood. (laughs) And He moved into the neighborhood. And we saw the glory with our own eyes. The one-of-a-kind glory like father, like son. Generous inside and out. True from start to finish. Mm. Dr. Mark Sharona said that the incarnation is God coming from heaven to humanity to show us how to be human. That's what Jesus did. He showed us how to be human. Listen, this is what it means. I'm going to wrap this all up with this. It means that God was willing to get involved in your mess. And because he got involved in our mess, the baby changed everything. This Christmas and beyond, may we continue to unwrap the gift of his grace. 2 Peter 3.18 says, But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. May we untangle the light of the world. First Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you show forth the praises of Him who has called you out of darkness into a marvelous light. And may we continue to uncover the incarnate Christ, not just God with us, but God in us. The God that is with us who lives within us, wants us to share His life through us to the world. Would you stand to your feet this morning?
It's a joy, a pleasure, a privilege, and it excites me to share good news with people. Um, I trust and I believe and I do know that he is working in and through us to spread that light and that good news everywhere we go. If you are here this morning and you've not begun to believe that what Jesus came to do is a finished work, you want to place your faith and trust in Him and receive eternal life that's already yours and be awakened to that this morning, I would encourage you to simply where you stand or where you sit, if you're watching us on internet this morning, wherever you are, is just to begin by saying, Lord, I believe. I believe that you came with a miraculous conception of the Holy Ghost and you were born and lived a sinless life, that you were a perfect sacrifice that was crucified and died and your death was my death. I believe that this morning. And that when you got up from that grave, I rose to new life and I'm walking in that newness of life. Believe that this morning. If you've walked away from that because of the trials of life, the battles, because of a religious spirit that's been placed on you and is hovering over you, uh, I, I cast that spirit out and I replace it with the Holy Spirit of God that's brooding over your life this morning that would awaken you to the reality of who you really are in Him this morning. In Jesus' name. Would you just bow your heads and just begin to contemplate what you've heard this morning and ask God to reveal to you what you need revealed this morning. Newness of life, a fresh start, untangling of the light, unwrapping of His grace in your life. Just ask God to move into the neighborhood this morning. He's already there. Just awaken your heart and mind to that this morning. That baby crying doesn't bother me because it reminds me of that night that he was born. You know Jesus cried. He was in the middle of a mess in that stable with animals all around. It doesn't bother me one bit. It makes it more of a reality of what happened that night. The angels were there, but it just wasn't like, oh, and just, you know, the Shekinah glory of God and like Tim said, castles and servants. And hey, he was a man born of a human flesh. We have one song that we would like to sing together if the ladies would get ready to come and sing this song. And you can sing it with them. And you guys going to sing over there? Or where are you going to sing? Every, over in the corner. Everybody knows this. Sing along with them. And then we'll have. One other thing we're going to do.